0: This is Season 6, Episode 8 of Beyond the Illusion, Laura Stinchfield, the Pet Psychic. As human beings, I think most of us tend to be focused on our lives, the challenges, the pleasures, the obstacles, and all the distractions of the mind. We often forget about the world outside of ourselves and start to lose that sense of being connected to the universe and our inherent knowing, our ability to see and hear what nature is telling us. As physical creatures of the earth, we share our physical environment with countless other living beings. Beings that don't perceive themselves to be separate from nature as we do. The plants and animals that are around us all the time often go unnoticed and unappreciated. It's important that we keep a sense of connection and remember that we are all part of an interdependent life system. We must remember that our fellow non-human creatures are as much a part of this world as we are. I have a special relationship to the outdoors and a deep respect for all life. Animals have always been a part of my life. My family had pets while I was growing up and I learned about the unique bond that we create with our pets. The love we feel for them seems to almost be closer to unconditional love than we have for many of our fellow human beings. Having pets teaches us so much about ourselves and so much about our world. And because most of them have a much shorter lifespan than us, We get to understand and prepare ourselves for the day when it's our turn to move on. In this episode, we have a conversation with Laura Stinchfield. Laura has been communicating with animals for most of her life and has a lot of great stories about those experiences and advice for how you can communicate with them too. Let's go to that conversation now with Laura Stinchfield, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe.
1: think it's great to start and hear the story of how you got into becoming a pet psychic.
2: Yeah, okay. So I've been talking to animals my whole life. Ever since I was little, I could hear them. Um, My earliest memory is when my parents were holding their Yorkshire Terrier over my crib, and I could hear her and feel her saying, you're so small. But I didn't know that everyone else couldn't hear the animals. I thought everyone just kind of knew what they were thinking and feeling. And that was the same with me with seeing spirits. I just thought everyone saw spirits. And it wasn't until my early 20s that I realized that not everyone was doing it. And it was hard for me growing up because it was a time I rode competitively horses and people sort of smacked horses as they, you know, if they didn't go over jumps or smacked dogs for not doing what they wanted. And, and I could see that the horse was hurting because of their hip and that's why they weren't jumping. And so it was really confusing for me and I was really shy too. And so it wasn't until my early twenties where I was studying the Tillington touch, which is like a form of like a massage for animals, but also a humane way of teaching animals, training animals. And my teachers there were saying to me, like, what are you doing? Like, you're the animals are acting differently with you or they're coming along faster with you. And that's when I really started to look at it and be like, what am I doing? Around the same time, I also was backpacking a lot and I had a cat and her name was Juliet. And my boyfriend and I would leave for the weekend and we'd leave her food and my sister would come and, and let her out and let her back in and everything but when i would come back she would take one sit on the front porch take one look at me and then she would take off and she would be gone sometimes for days and which was a lot of time you know because she was never gone for days when we were home so I went to the pet store and this woman at the pet store said, you should read this book. And it was by Penelope Smith, who's a animal communicator. She's like one of the first ones that got was out there writing. And, and her book suggested that you um, picture the sun rising and setting for as many days as you'll be gone. And so I did that with Juliet and when the next trip that I went on. She came, she was waiting for me on the front porch and then she came into the house with me and then she slept with me that night which was very very unusual behavior for her and she was like needing me so i knew there was something about like really thinking about what you were saying to them and then sending it to them so that was the first time i actually really thought about like communicating to them and that was you know in the 90s and so that was before the internet and stuff and so you know this whole thing of like your power of intention and what you're thinking. I mean, it was out there a little bit, but like not, not like it is
1: now. So animals then do they better receive messages from us when we're visualizing it versus if we're just saying it out loud? Correct. Correct. But I think that, so
2: So when we're sending it to our animals, it's really, it's very, very important that you have your mind, you're visualizing everything that you want to say to them, and then you match it with the feeling, like the feeling of what you want, um, and the intention of what you want, and you can match your words too, like some people say, I can't, like I have a hard time visualizing, like I can't visualize, so I say just be really clear with your words, and your mind will naturally create the, the image, um but yeah it's very important to be extremely clear and they'll pick it all up and then when we get it back I actually hear it in words like they're talking to me in words but what's happening they don't always know English or so what's happening is that my mind is transferring their thoughts and their images and their feelings into words. So it's just happening really quickly, but you can be an amazing animal communicator, even like an amazing animal owner and just get it in visuals or just get it in a sense of knowing, like, I feel this is what they're trying to say. So everyone sort of gets it differently, but of course, when we're communicating with them, it's best to have the clearest possible message. So what happens a lot of times is like, let's say you're telling your animal, your dog not to jump on you. People will say like, don't jump. And then they're picturing their dog jump and they're feeling the feeling of when their dog jump and so it's gonna create your dog to jump more. So you wanna say, keep all fours on the ground. When you jump, I feel like I'm gonna fall over or you're gonna make grandma fall over or you're gonna hurt the children or whatever it may be. But to really explain it to them step by step. Also because of like Instagram and all these other things that we're doing, we're getting so fast. People's minds are not usually slow and patient. And so they're thinking one thing after the next. And sometimes they're not even really conscious of that. And if you're doing that to your animal, your animal is just going to get confused. So like, if you're thinking about telling your animal something and then thinking about how you got to go pick up the dry cleaners, they're going to be like, wait, what? So it's very important just to be calm and think about what are you going to say and just spend that time
1: being present. That makes sense yeah, that's super helpful. Yeah. And you know, I'm a hypnotherapist and it reminds me yeah. of how the subconscious mind works. You don't exactly. Focus, you gotta focus on what you want, not what you don't want because the subconscious mind mm-hmm. doesn't understand don't or not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you have to be very clear and concise, otherwise uh, it'll just take it literally. And so it's super interesting. Yeah helpful'm sure I mean, for all the pet owners out there that are listening.
2: Yeah. And really, the animals are really clever. They're going to get it. So as long as you're doing that, they're going to understand what you're saying. They're amazing. They understand everything that you're talking about around the house or even work stuff that you've got going on at work. They're not even in the office with you. They, they're they pretty they're they're like children. You know, they're watching and they're listening. Yeah. So it's getting back is too where it's the hardest, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's, you know, what you said earlier about taking the time to slow down and be patient with them. That's just pretty much good advice for everybody right now. <laughs> because It's <laughs> such a crazy time, you know, everybody's just like, you know, always in a rush. And, um, and, and the pets, you said this in your book too, the pets actually like that, like they don't want to see you on your phone all the time or distracted or whatever it might be. They actually want you to pay attention to them just like another human mm-hmm. being would, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. important that we treat them with that kind of respect and also you said something in your book that really i wanted to ask you about that was really interesting and you said that you were confused about when you were younger about when people would treat the animals harshly like they would hit the horses or hit the dogs to try to Mm -hmm. teach them and you wondered at that time if it was just the world that you lived in that it was just the way people are Mm -hmm. with animals or if it was something else and i'm wondering is that like happening more and more people becoming more friendly and more understanding and compassionate towards animals do you feel like that's happening
2: oh i do i think the world is way more conscious now than when we were growing up i feel people do look at animals differently I mean, there were always people that loved animals, of course, but I think they're starting to realize just how conscious the animals are and the, just the general population is being kinder. And I think people are also because of all the self-help that's going around and my like, positive thinking, I think people are kinder with themselves. And so then they're not as reactive. We're like a lot, some of the trainers that I worked with when I was a kid, I think they would just like, some of it was their stuff that they were taking out on the animals. Mm -hmm. You know, they were frustrated because they didn't understand or they couldn't get the horse to do something and it made them feel insecure. I think people are kinder with themselves and they're like, they stop, they think more and they're kinder to themselves about like what's happening and what's going on. At least I see that in my clientele. And I see that in the the world around me.
1: People are kinder. That makes sense. And that's very hopeful. Yeah. And it it kind of Mm. leads a little bit into a question I had about that I've witnessed. And I was curious uh, your perspective on about um, animals kind of taking on some of our baggage. Mm. If that is, you know, sometimes I've seen it where it, it almost seems like, the animal took some of the emotional energy from the human out of, like, out of service or some kind mm-hmm. of charity or pure unconditional love. And I was curious about, well, because I, I do past life regression and I do yeah. life between lives. And so I really want to talk a know, about so animal reincarnation. About yeah, um, then, I know yeah, I was so, thinking about that.
2: I was was thinking about that today, too. I was like, we should talk about
1: animal reincarnation. Oh, yeah. It's it's not touched on enough. And, you know, I feel like, oh, I get to hear from people all the time what happens in between lives and, you know, how they chose this life or whatnot. But, But I was curious, like, do... Because like humans, we will create soul contracts before we come in Mm. with certain souls for what we want to learn and so forth. And I was wondering, Mm. does that happen with some of our pets? Do some of them have soul contracts with us or does it all kind of just? I
2: I think that they do. I really do. And I think that oftentimes animals reincarnate back to the same person like over and over again. I think people sometimes can have a reincarnated animal and not even know it not even know that it's because they're so different. It's a different life, different genetics, different lessons. So it's not an exact clone of their past animal. So they don't necessarily know that it's them. So, yeah, I think people do. And animals are amazing in the fact, well, they're so empathetic, right? So Mm -hmm. oftentimes they will take on our stuff. So you'll see, like, if there's an anxious person, you might see an anxious animal. But sometimes I've seen like someone who's gone through a divorce or something and then their dog has like a heart issue. You know, it's like they're definitely kind of pulling that pain into their body. So I tell the animals it's very important to learn how to like to be compassionate to their people but then also separate their energy from their persons and that what makes and people the most happy is to see their animals enjoy so that that animal can look at those people and like send them love and feel compassion for whatever they're going through but not actually take it into their body where then they suffer from it and they learn okay I can be in joy and that helps my mom or my dad
1: yeah that's That's so interesting. Just similar lessons of like we humans do that a lot, right? We'll have to learn energetic boundaries with each other and not taking up. I wondered about that, about how our, because in a like a romantic relationship, people will have such merged energy fields. Mm -hmm. um, And I wondered that about pets and the you know people even say like oh they start to look alike or these things you know they say that about couples and then they say that about uh pets and their and their family or whatever
0: yeah 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 i can i i know for sure that my cats we had two cats we we have one now one passed away and um just maybe a couple months ago and uh yeah i was having a really tough time with my career and i work from home and so you know whenever i would get you know exceptionally anxious or upset the cat they yeah. would always come in they would always come to me and it was just like isn't that cool yeah it was like a sign like they just like i didn't even have to be like a, outwardly upset they just knew and they would just walk in here yeah. and, to be with me and you know sometimes i do wonder if the one that passed away if he if he was taking on a, a way too much like if i he couldn't handle it mm. and do it so i do feel like a sense of guilt because i was really mm. struggling you know for for a long time and i felt like mm. he was there with me during all that so, you know, mm. I always wonder about that.
2: They do come to us, though. And I mean, that's like natural when you live with someone, you know, that that, that exchange does happen. So I wouldn't really beat yourself up over that. I think they animals also understand, you know, OK, this is their stuff. And he could have like, like, I have a lot of animals. And if like if I'm uh, upset, some of them come and some of them are like, see, ya. <laughs> like, They don't want anything <laughs> to do with it, <laughs> you know. So he could have like gone into the other room and let his brother or sister take care of it. So I don't know. You know, some, sometimes they pass away just because their bodies are, you know, ready to go for other reasons or their soul's ready to go for other reasons.
0: Yeah, that, you know, yeah. that's that's an interesting thing too because I remember um, yeah. it was a, maybe like three days before he passed and, you know, we, yeah. had, we had no idea this was going to happen, but I was outside with him. And he was sitting there. He he was sitting. He was actually sitting on our other cat's grave, which was funny. And he was oh, looking at me. Oh,
2: he was trying to tell you. He was he, trying he was, to tell you.
0: He was telling me. I know he told me. God,
2: he was telling you. Yeah, yeah. totally.
0: Yeah, oh, and I knew. I'm so
2: sad.
0: Yeah, I could. Did
2: you know at the time that that's what he was telling you?
0: I thought maybe it was. Yeah. I did.
2: Oh wow, that's unbelievable. That's so, in a way, I think it's so cool because it's like he's telling you like this is gonna happen, and he knew that it was that grave, so like he knew, like he knew what the grave meant. So beautiful, yeah. You know, in a way, it's really beautiful. I think with really conscious people, like you're pretty con, like of course, like you're a conscious being. I just, I don't, I don't think I would hold that, that he took your stuff. Cause you know, like when you're really conscious, like you got to feel right. Like you got to feel like what you're going through, but you also can like hold your own too. Like you just, I don't know. You don't seem like the kind of person that's going to like dish it all out onto them. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. sometimes, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. some people are like. Like, like almost like suffocating their animal with it it's like they, it. it's like everything goes into their animal like and it's different than just feeling your emotions and then your animal coming to you mm-hmm. that
0: makes the, sense yeah it definitely does yeah yeah and you know he, it's funny because i think he was like my, my daughter's cat mainly like because he's she's the one who he, oh, he, he, he really liked like that was like he, like she was everything oh. to him and and my wife said that. Um, sorry, I'm not. I'm trying not trying to make this all about me right now. No, but,
2: it's not good. But, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: but my wife it said is. that she kept getting the impression that his name was Kevin the cat, yeah. and he. She kept getting the impression that he wanted to leave so that he could become a boy like a human, and he.
2: Oh my God! So is yeah, he pregnant?
0: No, and she just. <gasps> he just kept like telling her that i guess and 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 i did actually oh feel like gosh. that too and and so um you know when he passed away that's all three of us you know me and my wife and my daughter we all three thought that yeah. like yeah he he left he, he really oh wanted to gosh.
1: go
0: but what do you think you about that meet, you,
2: you might yeah. meet that boy sometime.
1: oh yeah like a hundred
2: percent
1: yeah Yeah, I want to ask about that, too, because my last dog, Cookie, and I haven't had one since because it was like kind of traumatic, her passing. But she came to me several times, you know, in dreams and in meditation. And um, she told me like what Kevin told you or what you impression that you got was that she she was going to come back. She wanted to learn how to become a human. And, oh, wow. um, and I was curious what, and I actually have one other experience with that yeah. too. years ago when I first started, cause I, you know, I used to be an atheist and then I had this like big spiritual awakening. Oh, wow. And when I had the big spiritual awakening at that time, I was like doing a lot of channeling and I was channeling spirit guides and higher beings. And this yeah. one time me and my boyfriend at that time, you know, we would, I would be verbally channeling. I would bring the energy of the being in and then I would oh. speak it and he would write it down. And um, and this energy came in and it was so different from any other energy I'd felt before. And it was so pure and different. And I just started crying. It was really, really, really sweet. And it turned out it was uh, his dog that he'd had as a child. And um, and it came through and it brought a lovely message for him. And then uh, same kind of thing. We asked like, oh, could he be his dog again? But the, the dog said, no, I'm learning how to become a human. And so, and at that time, and this was years ago, like at that time I had not heard of that before, like animal, but then, yeah, since then in the years, since then I had this experience and I guess Tim has this experience and I asked my spirit guides as well. And they said that some pets, the animal souls intentionally come as pets to kind of learn from humans, how to be more individualized instead of group consciousness. And some of them from that experience decide that, yeah, it's really interesting. They would like to learn how to be human. I was wondering if any of the pets that you've talked to, or or if you have any. Definitely.
2: Yes. Yeah, definitely. I've met some animals on the other side that have said that they wanted to come back as humans and have, and like the people feel like they have their, their animal back in like a child form. And then I have a dog who He's been reincarnated back to me three times. That's his third life with me. And mm-hmm. I feel like he was a man was a long, long time ago. And he just didn't want to be a man anymore. Mm-hmm. So he came back as like a dog. I mean, he's very canine to me, but uh-huh. like but that, like
1: he's had dreams of being a man. And Wow. So Did, did you know yeah. him in that life when he was, that's what I'm curious about. Did you know him when no, he was a man I and didn't. then he comes back to I you? Didn't. That would be so interesting.
2: So, so my white German shepherd now, he was my Australian shepherd before. And when my Aussie, he woke me up in the middle of the night and he said, mom, 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 I had this dream. He was like pawing at me and he, he never really had done that before. And he says, mom, he said, I, um, I just had this dream that, that I was a man and I was on a boat and I harpooned a whale. And he's like, I didn't even know there were animals that big. And oh, my heart hurts for that whale. And so, like, I felt like he came back because, like, he didn't, like, he felt like he did, like, he hurt animals in, like, a life. And so then he mm. came back. And then, this is crazy, too. Like, I, my ex-boyfriend and I, we had a lot of VW bugs and buses, and, and we had this 167 crew cab truck. The first time Stormy got into it, in the back seat was out. And so he was down. So he couldn't even see out the window. And he loved that truck. And he was like, this was mine. Like, I know this was mine. And it was like a 67 truck. And he couldn't even see out the window. So I was, I was like, why do you like this, like, so much? And um, he's like, it was mine. And then we found out that that truck came from Alaska. And so I'm like, I know if that's same guy's truck. And then when Hudson, when Stormy died, Hudson the my, stormy, uh, this Arctic explorer, this this guy in the like the snow came to me in a dream, and he was it was snowing, and 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 he says to me, "I'm bringing Stormy back to you." He's coming back to you, and and he's this little white puppy, and we were going down the river, and he showed me this like white puppy, and then I woke up. When I woke up, I just grabbed for my phone. I was like habit, and when I opened my phone, it opened a Facebook, and there was this. Little white puppy. And it said, things happen so fast, was like the caption under the puppy. And it turned out to be an old friend of mine who bred Hudson. And Hudson was born at 11.38 p.m. on the day Stormy died at 11.38 a.m. And so I feel like that guy, yeah, I feel like that guy was like their past life, like the man of them.
1: Does that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. Super yeah. interesting.
0: That's an awesome story.
1: It is, <laughs> it is so cool. It's so yes. cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there are
2: other things about that dream and the reincarnation that all led up cuz like the uh Hudson's mom was named Winnie's Blistery Day and it was like a blistery day like in the dream in the
1: dream. So, it was wild. Yeah. So, that's such a quick tra- so Like the whole journey of souls thing, uh, and like that, we choose certain lessons in our lives, uh, uh, the human souls, or whatever. And then we might wait and have time to reflect and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth and then wait for the right opportunity. But Mm -hmm. is it different maybe for animal souls that they're just coming into experience versus like planning Mm -hmm. and like, oh, what are my lessons Mm -hmm. in this life? Yeah, it's
2: different. Yeah, it's different for all of them. So some of them do go and they experience there. Like some of them say they're like experience other universes or they're like practicing like some, like if they're coming back as like a child or something or like a bigger dog, or if they were a small dog, they'll like practice that, you know, on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, some of them do it. I mean, some don't come back for like 20, 30 years, you know, there's some, but some do come back right away, like instantly. And I've seen even animals come back and they've already been born. So, like, they'll be, like, eight to ten weeks already when they reincarnate back. So... It's like they come back in a life, but a part of them has already been born, if that makes sense. I see
1: that a lot. Yeah, like like overlapping,
0: like overlapping lives. Yeah, Yeah.
1: overlapping lives. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, so are are there human souls and the pet souls different? Or I mean, yeah, or some of them are like, it's the same or yeah, because with humans, that's the same too, right? Like part of us always stays in spirit realm and then part of us could incarnate I mean, sometimes we split and, and are in more, you know, or or so on, or because so, people sometimes ask like, oh, well, if we in- reincarnate, then how do people when they have a near death experience they see their grandpa or yeah. whatever? Didn't he already mm-hmm. incarnate? It's like, well, part of his soul stays in spirit realm, and so anytime when you go, you can connect with them. So it makes sense too that it would be could be something yeah. similar.
2: Right. That's exactly my experience too, that whoever we are in this lifetime will always hold the consciousness. So the way I kind of explain it, I mean, it doesn't look like this, but it's kind of sounds like this kind of the same way that you kind of are talking about it. So we explain it is like, we have this higher self or this higher power on the other side and kind of imagine it like a big circle might not look anything like that, but just kind of imagine it like that. And then in that circle, there's lots of other little circles. And those are our our present life, our past lives, or our maybe even our future or our some quantum physicists will say parallel lives. Yeah. And so when we have an animal, they're streaming down that consciousness from one of those circles, and that's their life. And then when they pass away, they go back up. And then there's another circle that will go back into body. And then it depends, like sometimes they'll stream a lot of consciousness from that past life into their new body and sometimes not so much. So you don't always know really what you're getting, but yeah, like one can come back while the other one is still there. And sometimes I think they come, they reincarnate and they don't tell us. Like, I think sometimes they could be in another life and they're, they will ask them like, are you reincarnated? And they'll tell me no, because that life will have no connection really to their people. So yeah. it's not really important. I mean, it depends on the client, I think, like what, what the do, what the animal will say. Like it's like how conscious the parent is and how much they can understand. Cause some if they said, Oh, I'm reincarnated into a different family, like some families would be devastated by that, oh, right? Yeah. So I don't always think it's told. You no, know, it's not sense. I'm not making I'm not making that decision. They're making it.
1: Right. That's I mean, that's kind of how my spirit guy talks to me a lot. It's like sometimes I'll be like, I'll find something out like 10 years later from him. And I'll be like, why? Why didn't you tell me that 10 years ago? And he's like, well, it's on a need to know basis. And that wasn't the right timing for you to know that. And I was like, okay, that's true. Now I'm able to. Yeah. Now I can understand that. And I wouldn't have been able to back then. And so it makes sense.
0: Yeah. So I want to kind of switch it up a little and ask you about telepathy in general and Mm. I, i know that's a lot of what you do is you communicate through telepathy with animals and i'm wondering if you have any advice or maybe you could explain how that works to to people if if they want to try it themselves
2: yeah so the way i sort of explain telepathy is it's like you know when somebody calls you or when you think of somebody and then they call or like you think of somebody and then you see them, it's like that studied. And really telepathy is like what I was saying earlier is about how you send it. So you just have to be really conscious of picturing the picturing what you wanna say and directing it to that animal. And so that's going back and forth. So that's pretty much it. It's just that you have to think about um, the feeling of what you're what you wanna say, the image of what you wanna say, and then direct it to the animal and then they'll send it back. Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really not that complicated when you actually break it down. And then when people are like trying to get messages back, it takes a while to start understanding like what's coming from you and what's coming from the animal. And sometimes it can overlap. So like, let's say your dog comes and he's like staring at you and you're like, like, it's like dinner time or something. And then you're like, oh, you want dinner? Like you can be confused about, okay, was that me making that up because it's dinner time? Or was that him sending it? And it's probably a little bowl, right? So, but it takes a little while of knowing like what's coming from you and what's coming from them. It's just really important to start checking yourself and start thinking like, What am I thinking, feeling, and seeing at any given moment? So the more you can do that, the more you'll start to notice, like, is it coming from me? Is it coming from the person next to me? Is it coming from my animal? So like, let's say you're in line at the grocery store. What am I thinking in my head? What am am I seeing images? Um, Do I have a sense, do I have a feeling? The more we're conscious of ourselves, the more we're going to notice when we're receiving from an outside source. And it can get fuzzy because like even with me, I could be talking to an animal and then like all of a sudden my shoulder will hurt or my like my wrist will cramp and I can easily think like, oh, it's the way I'm like over the computer, you know, like like I'm just getting like a cramp or if I get a stomach ache. I'll be like, I ate something earlier, but it might be the animal sending me that feeling. So the animal might be sending me like, I got pain in my stomach, but it's not transferring into words in my head. I'm picking it up in my body. So that's something to think about too. Like if all of a sudden you're sitting and you have like a stomach ache or something's happening, start asking yourself, okay, where did that come from? Did I have a stomach ache two minutes ago? Did it come suddenly? Did I eat something that I know gives me a stomach ache and then look around? Oh, okay. My dog's licking the floor or something. That's acid reflux. He probably has a stomach
1: ache. Yeah, that's similar. I think now we're moving in a time where the—I mean, this is my perspective—that the vibration on the planet is raising, and the experience that I have from a lot of clients coming in, because I'll have people that um, come to have a session after a loved one, you know, a person, a loved one has passed over and, you know, so forth. Many more people now are hearing their messages and they're like, I know, this sounds crazy, but I feel it like does. I can talk to them in my head, and I'm like, no, it's it's not crazy. You know, it's happening yeah. because our vibration is rising, and it's making it easier it really? for us to work on this higher level of our spiritual gifts and communication. And so, to me, it's, it sounds very simple. I, I haven't really done that with animals, yeah. but um, I do that. But with, you could, I yeah. And that's what I'm realizing. I'm like, I do that yeah. with um, I, I do that with physical people that are alive, and I yeah. do that with higher beings. I kind of had to learn. The way, because I'm not very like I'm one of those not intervisual people, but I mm-hmm. feel things. I'm very sensitive in that way. I feel things and know things, and when I do, yeah, I have had to learn kind of like I feel something out of the blue, and then I I, I ask my own soul like is that mine or is that somebody else's and I will get a clear message and be able to like, and then if it's not mine, then I just, you know, I do a a releasing or clearing or releasing exercise to, to let that energy ground and recycle into the earth. Yeah. So I feel like anybody can do that, but like, yeah, those of us that are on a spiritual path that have a a practice connecting to our own soul or higher self or whatever term you want to use can really use that as the compass to kind of check in when we're not sure. Yeah. And I love
2: how you say frequency because I think too, if people sort of have a visual of that, like even if you think of a radio dial and you think of that higher frequency is like your grandma and then there's a higher frequency of an animal and, but that's where it is. And if you can raise your energy, like up to your heart or your vibration or your frequency, they all have, it's like their phone number. They all have a frequency. So it's like fine tuning it. Where, where is there? And Anyone who knows their pet or their grandma who's ever on the other side knows their frequency because they've loved them and they've been with them. So it's a matter of going to that place and trusting that you can find them there.
1: Yeah, I like what you just said. That reminds me of another term that one of my guides, they've been working with me on this, is like recognizing different, they call energy signatures, because yeah. for me, it's just different feelings and sensations and I'll get this weird mm-hmm. feeling and then I'll like tune in and and it's I can't there's not even language for all these different sensations. But for I really? know I just can know what it feels like. And I'm like, oh, that's archangel so-and-so or, oh, that's, you know, this is yeah. that guy. And so they're like teaching me to be really present. And like you're saying, you know, pay really close attention and then notice what the different energy signature feels like to then discern like you said then it's kind of like a calling card you just focus on that energy signature and you can connect with who it is that you want to connect with
2: so i'm kind of curious like for you because this is a lot of questions that people have for like me you know and they, they say well how do i know if it's a good spirit or if it's a not a good spirit right and for me it just it's on that higher frequency. You're kind of pointing to like around here too, like when you're saying that, like maybe that's kind of like where you're getting it. And if you feel it more down, like in your stomach or your solar plexus or down lower, like maybe maybe it's coming from somewhere else, not so positive. But how did you know when you started to hear from your guides, like that it was someone that you could trust or that it was someone that was of a higher enlightened being is
1: that easy for you to discern i mean now it's much i mean it's been you know it's been many years now but like initially because they would always blast me with love and this is what Mm. i love about you know i'm an energy healer as well Mm. that's what i love about working with energy is because energy doesn't lie you can't mm. fake the frequency of love. You can fake you can put right. on a nice face or you could make a look like you're an angel, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it really be not an angel inside, but you can't fake the frequency of love. In order to yeah. be able to radiate love to someone else, you have to raise your vibration to love. Mm-hmm. And so at least of course, you know, love is like a very broad term, but I think I use the right. word love because we we've all kind of hopefully most people have had an experience of love in their life, mm-hmm. to know what that feels like, and then kind of start off there. So like when we're mm-hmm. talking to a non-physical being, yeah, we can always, this is what they taught me as well, you can always ask them, share your love with me. And if, you know, if they were a lower vibrational being, they won't be able to do that. Or they have Mm. to shift into their higher vibration, and now they're coming from love. And so Mm -hmm. you can always do that. And then the other one that I always thought sounded so ridiculous, but it turns out to be true, or at least through all of the tests that I've done with it, it's one of those ones where you ask them, do you serve Love and light, or do you serve the light? Mm. They have to answer. I guess it's like a yeah. universal law. No, I don't believe it. Yeah. It's ridiculous because I remember, like, when we were like, I was a raver, we were partiers, and they're like, okay, you know, if somebody's an uh, undercover cop and you just <laughs> you have to ask them, like, are you a cop? <laughs> they have to answer you, which I, I, I don't think is actually I don't think they real. Do. <laughs> but that was, everybody always said that, right? So I always yeah. kind of thought it was like that, like, oh, is that one of those yeah. urban myths or whatever? Is that really true? But I tested it a bunch because. When I it was going is through a, true. Yeah, when I was going through a dark night of soul, I had these kind of like kind of scary beings that were showing up or these beings that were like tricksters. And I wasn't sure. I didn't know who they were. And they're like, oh, you know, um, I'm here to help you or something. And if I'd asked them, do you serve love and light? They would like either not answer or they would say, no, but no, but I'm a very evolved being and so on and so forth. So it was interesting because I found like, oh, they were honest, but they tried to like give you a good sales pitch anyway, or they just would evade the question. And so, so anyway, for people wanting to know, I would say one is through the love vibration. And then two is to actually ask if they serve love and light.
2: Yeah, that's great advice.
1: Yeah, great.
0: I love this conversation though, because we're talking about connecting with our minds to other people and other energies Mm -hmm. And there's specific things to do that you're talking about. And this is like a form of technology, you know, and that we're in the process of developing and because it's inherent to all human beings, that's what I believe. And so Uh some people, uh, you know, are born with a little bit more of it than others, but I think everyone has this ability. And if you practice like anything and you really believe it, because if you don't believe that's like putting up a wall, and if you mm-hmm. but if you do if you open your mind a little just to the possibility maybe then certain things start to happen because i happen to be one of these people who thought all of this was ridiculous at one point in my life mm-hmm. and as soon as i was open to the idea of like oh well maybe it's real like you just have to be open to it then mm-hmm. certain things did start to happen to me that i thought could never happen <laughs> you know so it really Isn't is Isn't
2: me so amazing.
0: Yeah, and i love it and and it is also like you were saying, part of the time, it's part of what's happening here on this planet. And if you're paying attention, you can see it everywhere. It really is a Mm -hmm. big change going on. And it seems to be accelerating. So
1: yeah, I think more people are going to come online. So it's good that, you know, we have these kind of conversations, because it's going to happen unexpectedly to some people, and they're not going to know, because it's not taught in school. (laughs) They're not going to know what's happening to them. And to real. that's the thing when my clients tell me this, you know, I'm like, oh, no, you're, you know, that's not weird at all. I just had three people this week that told me this and then they're like, oh, because of course nobody like in their life, they are not talking about that, you know, cause I'm an insurance agent or something, you know, whatever, whatever right, they do, like right. nobody at work talks about that. And so, yeah, just to kind of have these conversations and to normalize it, because I do think it's going to happen more and more, maybe not in our lifetime. Will it be normalized to communicate telepathically but i do think in the future Maybe i mean well I, mean, yeah, I mean yeah who knows i mean i already have experiences already with my friends s- like yeah. that mm-hmm.
0: oh, oh yeah i, I do so too many people are yeah. yeah and i think you know both the both of you actually work in in this industry like this kind of place where people come to you for this type of you know mm-hmm. <laughs> experience and I don't know if it's true or not, but I think you would probably be seeing more and more people now than you ever have before. Is that is that the case? Yeah, yeah for me it is. Well,
2: yeah. I, I've been seeing a lot of people for a long time, but I lived in California for a long time, so I think there's just, you know, it's kind of all over the place there. It's kind of just a way of life. But yeah, I see it. it yeah. But I think I always have seen it. I think I've been very fortunate to be around very spiritual people in my life. Like there's always been like a cluster of people that have been there to teach
1: me or to share things with me or. I'm sure that was by just, design that your soul. Yeah. Shows. Although I wonder, I, I want to so. ask because so, when I was reading you. your bio, you know, yeah. So like other of your family yeah. members have had these kind of spiritual gifts as well. And I was curious if you thought that, you know, so I, I think of course, like if, you know, because If you're raised in a family that's open and encouraging of Mm -hmm. these things, then that will help these gifts develop. But then do you also feel like maybe certain ancestral, you know, it's it passed on through our DNA as well. Like certain ancestral bloodlines are more tuned in.
2: I do think so because on am both my mom and my dad's side. There were people who were extremely spiritual and like, they never like said they were psychic, but they did psychic things and there was stories around them. And the interesting thing about my parents is that they didn't, they never told me like, Oh, you are doing it. Like you are talking to animals, but they never told me I wasn't. And so that's like, they just listened. And I think that was, that supported me, even though they didn't like necessarily encourage it. But my mom, she was like really in a fairies and she kind of created this imaginary world. And she, she, would talk to herself sometimes and she told us that it was Harry pooping yachts. And then like, we, we, it was her friend. And like, we just missed him. He went out the window. So we always kind of thought like, Oh, there's like spirits around, you know? So even yeah. though you know, she's just talking to herself, she wasn't really actually talking to a spirit. <laughs> um,
0: oh, well she may, and dad, she may have been,
2: she yeah. may have been, she may have been. And then my dad, too, like he saw like ghosts at like parties and stuff, but he didn't like he wasn't actually like a channeler of spirits.
1: Have you experienced have you gone back to any of your own past lives? And have you experienced like maybe anything that gives you clues as to like you've had this gift in other lifetimes or this bond? You must have had this bond with animals in other lifetimes or past lives yeah, animal past lives or.
2: I, have, yeah, I haven't really like told much people about it, but like I had this one where it, well, I don't even think it was that long ago where I was like studying, I was studying elephants and the way elephants, how they communicate with their, with their hooves on the ground, like how they communicated with each other. And I was murdered and uh, by poachers and they like threw me into the hole with the elephants and I was like screaming, saying like, no, I want to go back. I want to go back. And then when it was time for me to actually come back here for this life, I was like, I don't want to go. Like I didn't, like it was really hard for me. And the interesting thing about that, like I had that with a past life regressionist. The interesting thing about that is that my whole life, I've seen elephant eyes Like, ever since I was little, like, when I would close my eyes, I would see the eyes of elephants, and I never knew why. And so then that, like, really, like, brought it home to me. And then one time when my, when my, um, I had the woman, like, paint uh, my dog for me, Stormy, that one that's come back, she painted elephants all around him. And I thought, that is weird, (laughs) like, she (laughs) painted elephants, right? So like maybe he was like there with me and like in that life too. I don't know. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you never but, asked Stormy. I mean, do you still communicate? Um so Stormy reincarnated you know, it's now so in
2: Andrew's In the yeah. Hudson, I don't really talk to Stormy in heaven because I feel like I have him here in life. Mm-hmm. And he's so different in this life. We kind of mm. talk about other things, you know? He's
1: not <laughs> as like he's not as spiritual as he was. Is oh, that, it's, it's just, so you're not like, hey, remember, hey, Hudson, remember when you were Stormy? No, and we, I don't. The- <laughs> I,
2: no, no, I'm more like, like, he's more like, in the earth
1: in this life, you know, mm-hmm. he's more of That's this super, world. Yeah, yeah, super interesting to think about that. Yeah, because I've noticed that going back into different past lives that in different bodies, then that definitely not just a different perspective, but when I'm in a big male body and it was like not very, I couldn't feel my emotions and I very much just felt my physicality. And then like in this lifetime, I chose this kind of more petite feminine body where I could really feel. So it makes sense. You know, why wouldn't it be that for everyone? You know, like you might choose a kind of a certain body type to have a certain experience and then then different ones will have different experiences. Yeah.
0: This is um, Sissy. She this is where she likes to be. She so oh, crawls so up on my <laughs> Oh my
2: gosh. Look at how cute she is. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> She's beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
0: she likes to be there just like a baby.
2: So much like a baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's so this is the sister. There we had a brother and a sister, so this is Sissy. And she yeah, got na- yeah, yeah. she got named Sissy because Kevin he he came first and, and Kevin was the star and everybody knew Kevin was the star. So the,
2: I feel well, he's came. saying now I can be the star. Yeah, yeah
1: like, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah
1: Now's her time to shine. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know, I feel like she also said to you, You didn't hurt him, like you didn't hurt him.
1: I feel like she wants to know that. Oh, that's good. Thank Ooh. you. Good. I think you've probably spoken with you know many different types of animals, yeah. right? Everything from some I don't know how I don't know how small yeah. to how large, but yeah, like, yeah, then yeah. Does a species get like I was just saying with humans, different bodies will kind of like give us a different consciousness or different awareness. Is that true with different species? Like, if I think if, so if Kevin wanted to be a hamster in this next life, then he would have a very different kind of uh, hamster consciousness experience or.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just spoke to somebody actually who does like out of body experiences. And he said, I can't remember if it was a hamster or gerbil, but he felt like he, that being was like an enlightened being that came back to be in body for a little while and just to spend that time. With him just taking a break and living that life, so you know, yeah, we all kind of switch bodies and switch species to feel to feel something different. But in all those species, there are some similarities of like you know, some are more empathetic than others, some are more dominant than others, you know. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Hudson, the the one who came back to me, I mean, uh, he was stormy, and then he came back as Hudson. Stormy in his life had a wolf hybrid as a sister who was very like prey driven and ran through the woods and chased deer and everyone was like you're so beautiful you know and he came back very much like her and so I think like like because now he's prey driven and he runs through the woods and he likes to chase deer and he everyone says he's so beautiful so I think they do kind of pick their bodies to, like, experience that, experience something. Like, because Stormy would never would have let, gone more than five feet from me
1: in his life.
2: Yeah. And now he'll he'll run.
1: And do you, have you ever communicated with, yeah, so I wondered, too, about, like, the domesticated animals versus, like, a pack of wild animals. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there would ever have been a, an occasion where you would you know, maybe just somehow even just communicating with a wild animal? And if that their consciousness is very different from a domesticated animal? They're very much the same,
2: Hmm. except for when they get to their like wild nature, right? Where like, it's more instinctual where, you know, they're, you know, it's like asking a coyote not to kill a cat or something, you know, I mean, they're very instinctual too within their wildness, but they're also very much the same. Like, I have a pack of coyotes that sleep outside my fence and they're all like, I'm like, Oh, just stop screaming in the middle of the night. Like we need to sleep because they howl and then my guys howl and, uh, and they say, just tell your dogs not to jump the fence because they can easily jump my fence. I
1: was like, the dogs aren't going to jump your fence. Like I jump the fence. So they just kind of talk back and forth. Interesting. And, so, so that's yeah. how you can kind of coexist. Cause you communicate. Okay. Then I have one other question too. What about insects? Do you ever talk like? Because that's because I'm did. like I have very like compassionate person. I have a really hard time like I don't want to even kill an ant and then but then like all these ants were coming in and I was like trying to like tell them I first try to do all the natural remedies and then none of them work and then like I'm trying to tell them like please leave I don't want to have to kill you and I don't know like is there like do you, can you communicate works, with sometimes
2: them? Sometimes it doesn't, yeah. Um, I can, but I like, I like somebody else wrote me the other day and asked me the same question. It's not really my specialty. I don't spend a lot of times talking to insects. Um, but definitely like, I feel like you can talk to each individual one, just like we're talking to each individual soul. And then I feel like there's the collective. So there's like the collective feeling of like the ants or the bees that want to talk to you. and want to tell you something. And then I feel also that sometimes spiritual beings will show themselves within animals and will have the energy of the animal. So you could see a praying mantis and it could be the energy of a high spiritual being. And they're trying to give me a message or the average person might have a grandma that comes as a Robin or a dog that comes as a butterfly. And it could be the spirit of their animal within, within that too. But I definitely believe like when we're talking to the ants, like you need to leave that sometimes they just don't want to leave.
1: Yeah. You know? I'm going to, I'm going to try like what you said though. And like picture leave. what I want. Cause that's picture not I them leaving. Yeah. There's
2: because sometimes like... they do and like really yeah. bless them and
1: picture that, that like, please, like,
2: I, like we, I love you. And then also learn like the spiritual significance of ants, right. Which is like working together. And, um, and I think it's detail oriented too, is ants. But definitely, like, cooperation and working together is their message. Mm-hmm. So they might not leave until you get that message. Yeah. To, like, oh, maybe I need to work with the community of, of like-minded beings. And until I do that, they're not going to leave.
1: What's the message of cockroaches?
2: <laughs> oh, like, well, Living cockroaches. in Texas, I'm like, oh, my God. Right, right, right. Well, I think cockroaches, like, I think they're, like, the being that. Like, Survivors. <laughs> survivors right yeah
0: but, yeah I think no, there but is I a mean, message
2: of being able joking. to like withstand like freezing temperatures and <laughs> and extreme heat and yeah maybe there is a message about what you can withstand what you can bear
1: yeah I no, know you that's... have to
2: ask yourself that and you can ask them like if you do like a free ride or like I mean or channel channel their their essence
1: yeah, I know because like with ants, they're not scary, but like cockroaches, always I always get the fear response, and so I'm tr- trying to like again just see them as other conscious beings and not have that energy because yeah, so I think you're
2: it's, fearful of them, is that
1: what yeah? I mean? you're feel, I feel like them. that's yeah. like trying to again, they like, move makes, so fast Face <laughs> yeah, my fears so and you know and uh, yeah, so forth. But yeah, so yeah. along that lines of you know the different consciousness of different beings. Then, yeah. you know, I think what I read was like, you started off just working with animals. And then now you also you work with loved ones on the other with, side, like humans, like uh-huh, yeah. people and so, on the other side. You know, because I just think of like animals having such pure consciousness and then like Ooh, humans yeah. can have a lot of stuff. Was that challenging at all to suddenly open to those energies versus it, just to animals?
2: I was nervous about it at first because when I was a kid, I was very much into like the Ouija board and horror movies and so when I was in my teens and my early 20s I had some scary experiences with spirits like Mm -hmm. spirits sitting at the end of my bed like bugging me and and I had a really hard time putting up that boundary when I was younger of like like no like I don't want to talk to you or like, like this is not the time to talk to me and but what's interesting about that is I really truly feel about whether who we're reaching out to communicate with if we have boundaries in life, like with the people in our life. And we, if we have healthy boundaries, it naturally comes in spirit. When I was younger, I didn't have healthy boundaries. I didn't, I didn't understand that. Like I let people want to walk all over me. Like I, I didn't understand how to do that. That was a big lesson for me to like how to teach people to respect me or how to have enough respect for myself when to stay in a relationship and when to leave or when to stay in a conversation and when to leave. And so that showed in my spiritual world with beings. And then I also got a thrill when I was younger about being around those darker energies. So then it kind of came. So then I, I didn't, I stopped like all of that. And I blocked it out. I didn't see them anymore. I was like, no, just go away. And I just did animals, but animals can have baggage too. They've, you know, animals who've been abused or animals Mm -hmm. that have like people around them that have a lot of stuff. So that can be, you know, hard sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I had a friend who, uh, she lost a daughter in a plane crash and her 13 year old daughter. And she was like, please talk to her for me. And she was a pet psychic client. And so I was like, okay. Like, I'll do that for you. And then she, she's one of my best friends now, but she she's the one who said to me, you need to do this for people because she was talking to a bunch of mediums and she's like, you're getting more than what they're getting. Like, and she was hiring all like the famous people. And she's like, do this for people. So because of her, I kind of opened it up. Like word of a mouth and, and then I was coming at it from a different place. I was coming at it with like, With boundaries. And I personally like to see a picture of people so that I know who I'm going to. I don't anymore just open it up to whoever comes through. Mm. I like to know who I'm talking to. And that just comes from my old days of like, but now, you know, I don't have that problem of anything negative coming through anymore, even if I did just open it up. So and babies too. Like I talk to babies, or I talk to anyone who can't speak for themselves. So like
1: people who are nonverbal, you know, yeah. people who are
2: autistic. I was thinking
1: can, there are so many of yeah. them now. Autistic kids. Wow. Yeah, you know, that's really developmentally
2: cool. disabled. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so rewarding. It
1: really is. Yeah, and um,
2: now because I'm mm-hmm. solid in like the way I can clear myself and the way I take care of myself nothing's really hard anymore. I think the only time I have a hard time is when clients are not open. And yeah. the clients are resist like like have are really resistant and they almost want to prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. At, those are the ones that wear on me. And at the end of the day of those, I'm like, oh God, I'm like exhausted. But people who even just have like a little bit of openness, I'm good.
1: Yeah. yeah. Could there be like like a, a couple, right? That just lost the pet, and the wife really wants, it, but then the husband's like really skeptical, and then his mm-hmm. is his energy clouding it, or
2: yeah. Yeah, if he's, like, a little skeptical, I'm fine with that, but they're the ones mm-hmm. who are, like, judgmental, like, you're bad. Like, those are the ones, oh, they wear on me. Mm,
1: yeah. Or, and you yeah. can tell they're wearing
2: on the wife. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. this not Adam there, you know? But sometimes there's, like, a skeptic in the room, and they're just being quiet. Like, that doesn't bother me. Mm. I can feel it, but it doesn't bother me.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. the whole... um the whole concept of like skepticism and, and being closed off and all that is just to me it's it's mind-boggling because if you've ever even just gone out into nature right and mm. looked around and experienced it for what it is you know because because animals and and plants and everything are so connected to to the earth and, mm. and obviously to the universe and and so that comes through when you're there spending time with them. Mm -hmm. And the symbolism is just all around you too. Like you can, you know, if you're, if you're looking for it or if you're aware, you know, just, just being there and maybe, maybe a bird flies over, you know, and and that can have significance to you and it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be like verbally communicated either. You know, there are things Mm -hmm. happening inside of you and and outside in the world that, that you feel. So true. Yeah, 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 it's
2: so true. and
0: And if you're just alive and you experience that feeling,
2: It's exactly
0: the same thing that we're talking about. You know, you're just verbalizing it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like what you said about that connection with nature, because I feel like that's the fast track to it, right? If you can attune yourself to nature, you got it. Like it's going to open because nature is sort of where it begins. I think those people who I'm talking about, though, I think that they're like, I have a lot of compassion for them because I think that they're really hurting. I think they're not open in any areas of their life, you know. I don't think they're open to the to nature. you know right. I think it's rare those are rare people, it's rare, but it's it's
0: yeah, it's sad, you know I and I do know people like that too, you know that have never that are even afraid to go into mm-hmm. nature because it's so unnatural mm. to them their their only experiences are so limited in their life that they haven't been outside in the world. And that's you know you're really yeah. missing out if you haven't been out you know you really are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: The world that we're in right now, you know, it's you it's easy to, just to stay in all the time and order your groceries to get delivered and that's never true. even leave your house and you know do yeah. your exercise on your little treadmill or whatnot and yeah. just never leave. Yeah. yeah. Tim is a Taurus, so I think it's very natural for you to have that connection with nature, and yeah. I think like. You know, I'm like very mm-hmm. oversimplifying, but like earth signs and then like water signs. but maybe like mm-hmm. air signs who are just kind of in, in their head more might be, you know, maybe the ones that are, you know, maybe on their computer all the time, but not you know But they
2: could connect with wind or the birds.
1: Yeah, or- yeah. Oh no, I think we all have the capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. We all do. And we're beings of nature as well. Just like you yeah. know, but, but we've just forgotten that and kind of, you know, gotten yeah, in I our love path that. With-
2: yeah, I love to remind people of that of that nature part because I think that's so important. It's so easy to just go outside and connect there, you know. Because some people try and find it, they like try and meditate, and they're they're like, "I'm oh, like just go to nature," you know, just like experience like nature for a second. You find it, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Because I think our ancestors, you know, when we were living from on the earth in alignment with the the cycles and you know going to sleep when it got dark out because that's yeah. all that we could do and so forth i bet you like you know when you think of indigenous peoples and so forth i think they were more communicating with the plants and the ant it's just like it is mm-hmm. natural it, it is our intrinsic mm-hmm. nature we've just divorced ourselves from our intrinsic nature and if we were able to spend more time on the earth connected mm. in the elements we could recover that like you said much more quickly
2: also, like if your animal is having any issues, it's important to bring them out into nature because mm-hmm. they connect more easily with nature. And so sometimes when we have like dogs who are aggressive or dogs that have reactivity, even if they live in the city, if you can get them out to like a park or get them to see if they can experience nature in a way. That will help them connect with their true self and help burn away some of that, the behavioral issues that they're having or the anxiety that they're having. Nature is very important to animals, very, even if it's like, even indoor cats will talk about flowers, they want flowers in the house, or they want plants mm-hmm. in the house, they just kind of want to see them, or they want the light, or they want the window opens. They don't all need to go outside, but they want that those elements somehow in the house with them. I think that it's really important for animals or animals are sick to go out and experience nature, like whether they're in a stroller or, you know, or you're carrying Uh them. That's
1: such a good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Just some really um, simple but powerful things that people can do to really help their animals. I know several people who have recently lost pets and I was just wondering Mm. because when I like, For me, just with humans, uh, several different family members, and when they passed over, they came back to me and gave messages Mm. to give. And over and over again, they would tell me kind of the same, different family members or loved ones would Mm -hmm. say the same thing to me, which was like, oh, tell them. I can hear them, you know. We can talk I, when they talk to me. They can just look at my photo or whatever, and I can hear them. And, you know, I, yeah. And I was just wondering if there a the message I kept hearing over and over again. Mm. I was wondering if there's a, a message that you hear over and over again from animals that have crossed over it's that pretty, they want to say. Yeah,
2: it's pretty much the same thing. And what I, what I want people to really know is that the number one way that they can let you know that they're around you is by placing a memory in your mind and then wrapping their spirit around you. And so then that memory comes with intense emotion. You either want to start to laugh or you want to start to cry. When that memory kind of overwhelms you, you're up in your heart and you're feeling them. But then what happens is that the mind sort of hijacks it and it takes it over. And then it says, oh, no, but we're separate. And it pulls it down into the lower frequencies. And you're like, oh, no. And then you think about like. The trauma or whatever happened before they passed or just the missing them and then you're severing the connection between them and so when people have lost an animal or a loved any type of loved one i think it's really important to watch when there's a memory and see if they can breathe up into their heart and just kind of surrender into that for a second and see like okay is that you like you said you don't have to actually like believe That they're there, but just be open. Like, are you there? Is like the reason why I'm thinking of you right now is because you're here. And just be open and see. Like, maybe you have a sense of knowing comes over you. Maybe there's like a visual that pops in your head. Maybe you hear a little voice talking to you. Maybe the wind picks up, or maybe you see repetitive numbers on a clock. Or I mean, it could be anything. There's like like infinite number of signs that they could send you. But just to be open to that. You were saying earlier that you had dreams or visions. Everybody wants that, but it's extremely hard for an animal or spirit to be able to do that because what they have to do is they have to come into your unconscious, wipe it clean, create a dream or an image, and then wake you up so you remember it. It's one, it's not easy for every spirit to do. And two, not everyone's mind is easily manipulated like that. Not everyone's mind can be formed and then woken up. And so sometimes you'll have like a dream you'll wake up and you'll just be thinking of them. And that's because they've tried, they've tried to come into their dream. But to know that like, if you don't have a dream, it doesn't mean that they're not around you. Or if your spouse has a dream and you don't have a dream, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they picked your spouse over you because they love your spouse more. It's just your spouse might've been easier to manipulate their mind, you know? So to really kind of watch yourself and watch that frequency within your body and say, okay, like, when am I going down? And when am I feeling elated when you're feeling elated, that's where you're going to connect with your animal or your loved one. When you're feeling depressed, go ahead, be depressed and grieve and do whatever you want to do. But that's not the time you're going to be connecting with them. So like when you're curled in the fetal position and you're saying, where are you? Come to me. They could be right there and you're not going to feel them. Mm -hmm. So you've got to consciously say, oh, hey, I'm open. Show me and then allow it to happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was really great. That's really great advice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk with us. And this is oh, great... so fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah it's been a great conversation.
2: Yeah. yeah. You... Oh, I love talking to like-minded people. So thanks for having me on.
0: Oh yeah. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to get in touch with you?
2: Yes, on my website, which is thepetpsychic.com. So if you go there, you can book a session, you can read my blog, There's, you can find out where my books are and my meditation CD are on there. And then also like Instagram and Facebook, it's at the Pet Psychic and YouTube is, is Pet Psychic. But if you just Google Laura Stinchfield, the Pet Psychic, you'll find me.
1: It's so. a great website. It's got a lot of great stuff on there. Yeah. Oh, I timed there last night. Yeah. It's wonderful. Thank
2: you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, cool. and the book is really great, too. So thanks for sending that. And uh,
2: yeah. oh, my pleasure. Yeah. So there's two books, Voices of the Animals and Stormy's Words of Wisdom. Here's one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I read that one. And my wife read oh, Stormy's yeah. Words of Wisdom, and she loved it. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, we really enjoyed it.
2: Oh yeah, me too. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Laura Stinchfield for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to find out more about Laura, you can go to thepetpsychic.com. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. We also have Beyond the Illusion merch on our website now, so if you're interested, check it out. Also, please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. This will help other people find us. Take care.